What's up, guys? It's her school versus my school, and that is the notorious B.I.G. And it's Tariah and Mom. And we have a special guest today. It's Solomon in the building. Yes, sir. And today we are talking about daddy issues and the stereotypes and stigmas around having your dad and not having your dad. And this is part one. So I'm going to let my mom kick this off today. So I really did not want to kick it off, but cool. You know, we'll I'll, I'll roll with it. So as Soraya mentioned, this is a special. I know the last time we did a podcast, we talked about how we were going to have like a part two and three to the, what was it? Sex, Sex. boundaries and love. And we will still do that. Um, But. You know, we wanted to jump into this issue of, or not even issue, I don't know if it's issue, but the phrase daddy issues, just because they're, you know, we've been talking about this a lot, thinking about this a lot, and and we have a special guest today, so, um, and we, we won't have our special guest forever, so <laughs> we decided we were just gonna, like, do a little pause with the last episode, pick it back up at some point, but jump into this, because it's a, it's a... It's a heavy topic. What y'all think? It's yeah. a heavy it is. Topic. It's a heavy topic. And I am excited and I'm also a little nervous, but hey, let's do it. So, as Sarai mentioned, um, this is going to be a part two, part one and part two, right? We'll have part two tomorrow, probably. It'll be posted tomorrow. And um, we'll have another special guest on part two. But tonight, we're just going to kind of talk through... Like the the beginning of this thought of daddy issues and how that shows up as far as like the stereotypes and the stigmas around black fathers. So y'all ready? Yeah. All right. So to get us started, we're gonna sort of frame it in the way of like um like where you are with your dad right now. So whatever that looks like and for me, I'll start it off. Well, so my father committed suicide when I was six. So I didn't have much of a relationship with my father. I, I honestly don't have many memories with him. Maybe like one or two. I have a picture of him when he was a football player. So not even an adult picture. But that's kind of what the relationship... that was. That's the totality of the relationship with my father. What about you, Solomon? Um, well, me and my dad's relationship is very good. He's still in my life, which I'm very grateful for and very blessed to still have him in my life because a lot of people don't have that. And me and him have, like, a very good relationship, and I'm grateful to have that relationship. Great. Now, what about you, Taraya? Um, my relationship is definitely in between y'all's. It's, like, he was there, but then he wasn't. So it's just, like, there was at a point where I think I was, like, Maybe six or seven when the relationship started becoming like an in and out thing. And it was like consistent at first. Um, my dad wasn't present for my birth. He was um, incarcerated at the time. But um, my relationship with him was uh, very kind of blurry from the time that I remember. And then... It kind of was definitely more spaced out with an in and out thing as I got older. Hmm, okay, so I appreciate that there are three different perspectives in this room, right? Like I am thirty four. <clears throat> I my dad was not in my life much before he committed suicide. Like like I said, not many memories, but definitely after six, there was no relationship. 
Solomon has mentioned that he has always had a relationship with his dad, right? He is present with him daily. And you said you kind of fall somewhere in the middle where there was a relationship early on and then that kind of dwindled. So we got three different um, perspectives here. So I think this is going to be a good conversation. So to start us off, um, just kind of thinking about this, this idea of daddy issues, um, I just want to say like what comes up for you all when you think of the phrase daddy issues like and and let me frame it a little bit right like so the media and everything that we look at um, movies social media um, history kind of has the stigma around black fathers anyway right like mm-hmm. black fathers just aren't present in most things like you can look in TV shows and and that's the the funny thing is back when I was growing up, TV shows had black fathers like the Cosby's. The black there was a black father. Um, Family Matters, Good Times. Black fathers were present when I was watching TV, but now you don't see it, and it's it's almost like like it's become normal. We've normalized like right. black fathers not being in the home. So thinking about that, thinking about the stigma and the stereotype that the world and society has shown us about black fathers and all of us being black individuals on this podcast thinking about it in that mind frame and when you hear the phrase daddy issues what comes up for y'all and i'm a, i want to write you go you you can you can start us off because i know i've started and solomon has started so okay um what really comes up when i hear daddy issues is like um any person not a female um, or male, like, you know, anybody can have daddy issues. Anybody can really have issues with having a relationship with their father, which can further on lead to their relationship with anybody because mm. depending on how emotionally or physically they were scarred by their relationship or if they have a good relationship like Solomon, that could depict on how relationship turn out. So, like, when I hear daddy issues, I hear, like, you know, emotional issues with your father, maybe you don't have a connection with your father, or maybe he's just not present, you know, mm, in your okay. life. You touched on some good points, and I'm I'm not going to expound on them just yet, but I will mention, like, I appreciate you pointing out that the the relationship that you build with your father, or the lack thereof, usually transfers into the relationships you have as an adult, right? Mm-hmm. So I like that. I'm gonna pin that because I want to get back to that. But I want to ask Solomon as a as a black male, when you hear the term or the phrase "daddy issues," what comes up for you? Well, I really think about like any like trauma kind of mm. that you would have with your father, any like mental, physical, emotional abuse, anything like that. That's definitely a major issue and. Like, you're finally not being in and out of your life. Or even if he was there and it's not, like, what he should be doing. Like, he's mm. not acting as a true father. Oh, like, okay. Like, a true father figure. I like that. And, I like, both of you are bringing up things for me because, like, everything you're saying is, is I'm amen. I'm amening because I, I think you all have some really good points. So, what you're saying, what comes up for you when you think about the phrase daddy issues is, like, um... Whether he is your father is there emotionally or not, pre, uh, physically or not, uh, whatever he is like, whatever he brings to that relationship also has an effect, even if he's physically there. Right. Yeah. Good. That's a good point. So, want to pin that as well, and so I'll take time to 
kind of think about what comes up for me when I think about daddy issues. And I will be honest and tell y'all that I went, I went last purposely <laughs> because I really don't know. I don't know what is coming up for me when I think about the term daddy issues, right? Like I think it's real. I believe it's real. I believe people do have daddy issues. Um, but when I think about like, how do I phrase it? How do I define it? I'm having a hard time putting words with it because I mean, issues, right? Issues are problems. They're dilemmas. And so daddy issues, what does it look like when you have daddy issues? I think it could look like so many other, so many things, but I think that both of you were right in the way of saying like your, whatever relationship you have with your father or father figure sets the precedence for other relationships in your life. So when I think about that phrase, daddy issues, I'm just thinking about like, Ooh, how did I learn to be in relationship with men? Mm -hmm. And is directly tied to whatever relationship I had or didn't have with my father. So that's what comes up for me around daddy issues. And and honestly, as I'm thinking through it, I realize like I still have a lot of work to do with that. Because there were there were challenges for me growing up, even as a teenager, not having my father and not having that relationship um, that I had to like dig into and heal. And when I think about this phrase, daddy issues, I realize that I've, I haven't healed all of it. So it, a lot of things are bubbling up, but, um, yeah, let's just keep moving and we'll, we'll just, you know, let's keep it natural. So, um, when you think about your, all of the things that we've already discussed and the presence of your father, like right now, we've all mentioned like where our relationship has been, where it is right now, currently, um, but thinking about present day right now, um, thinking about the relationship you've built with your father or haven't built with your father, what, what comes up when you just think about like giving, thinking about that timeline of like, Ooh, I've had, I know Tariah mentioned like my dad was there and then it'd be, it was in and out and then it stopped. What, when you think about that timeline, what comes up like right now? As a 16, you're not 16 yet, 15 year old girl, what comes up for you? And I'm, I know that I'm, um, I know that I'm touching on a sensitive subject with you. I, I do realize that. And so I want to respect that and say like only what feels comfortable. So, yeah, um, definitely from what I've heard, I was a daddy's girl. I remember most of like good memories. It felt like as though, you know, in my house, we're taught that everything has a balance, you know, good, you know, and good, good and bad has a balance. With him, there was no balance. Mm -hmm. There was no bad ways out the good or good ways out the bad. It was always, you know, one over the other. There was no balance to it. So, me, when I was, you know, when I had just turned maybe like, just turned 15 like a month uh before um I had to make a decision uh there was one day that he decided you know I want to talk to my kids and in my head as the educated person I am I knew I had to then make a decision because it's just like letting a dog come in your house mm. and muddy up your carpet 
And it's like, okay, well, I can clean that stain up. But do I want to clean that stain up? Mm. Do I want to continue to clean that stain up and let that dog walk in and out of the house and bring smells and dirt and whatever he brings from outside into my home? No, I don't want to keep doing that. So as I, as a 15-year-old girl, had to make a decision of, I no longer want to let that dog muddy up my carpet. So I made the decision of, no, I no longer want the dog to come to my house. No, I do not want to deal with the dog anymore. And although those um, decisions cost me reactions that I, that may have scarred me for a while, I have built I have built the mental health to be like, I don't need that dog. That dog is not something I need. My carpet is now clean, you know, and maybe one day I will be able to deal with that dog and tell that dog, hey, you're bringing in mud on my carpet, and I don't appreciate that. Hmm. You may come into the house, but you may not put mud on my carpet. Mm. And so my relationship with my father currently is that I have no mud on my carpet and I have not dealt with that dog for a long time, for almost a year now. So, um, yeah, I felt like I made a very good decision within that relationship with my father just because I wasn't able to figure out a time that I was, like, I really, really love my dad and I really see the, the good over the bad in my dad. I never saw that. I always saw the bad over the good. Yeah, that that brings up a lot for me as your mom, um, and that and and dog being metaphorical, right? Like yeah, a figure yeah. of speech. Um, but that brings up a lot for me as your mom because what what comes up for me is like, ooh, where did I feel, right? Mm-hmm. Where did I feel? Um, where did I not empower my daughter to, uh, like identify boundaries and to the point where she had to identify that it was too much mud, too much pain, too much hurt that she made a decision at 15 that we're not doing this anymore. Um, yeah, that makes, so then I, in my mind, I'm thinking, wow, not just daddy issues. We're going to also have to have a, a, a conversation about mama issues too. Right. Cause we're not exempt. I'm not exempt from, the pain that you were caused because of my decisions. So that, that brought up a lot for me and yeah, I'm pondering that. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna let Solomon talk about his experience and his thoughts around like your father's presence right now. And, and, you know, like thinking about the timeline from as early as you can remember his presence to up to now, like, what does that mean for you? Yeah. Like, if I was supposed to put my, me and my dad's relationship on a timeline, it was like, I'm like sympathized for Tariah because he wasn't there when I was born either. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. he and my mom, my birth mom, they had a divorce going on, issues or whatever. And that put like, he, she put like a false narrative of him mm-hmm. to wow. me that in, in the early stages of my life, like I thought... He was some type of bad person. Mm-hmm. And you were really young too, right? Yeah, I was really, I had to be like six, seven, eight years old. Like, thinking that this man was bad when all he did was love me. And Oof. like, 
I didn't know how to deal with that. Like, I didn't know if I was supposed to take his word for it because that's my mama. Like, I don't want to, like, seem like she's lying to mm. me or something. And so it took me a very long time, like, to deal with that and get over that. And so I can definitely say our relationship has definitely gotten better. I'm still, like, have troubles with actually opening up about stuff. That's my main problem yeah. is opening up about stuff. I, that's something I need to work on being able to open up about stuff with my dad. So. But I mean, as parents, we have to also meet you there, right? right. Like, cause if, if we are not open to you being open, then you can't be open. But you just reiterated what I said a little while ago to Taraya about around, like, it's not just daddy issues, it's mama issues too. Right. Because whatever the, whatever the situation was, um, with your birth mom, she was hurting. She was whatever she was dealing with. She gave you a picture or a narrative that wasn't exactly true. And you had to see that for yourself and you had to work through that. Right. Because mm-hmm. what we give our kids, our children take what we give them as law. Honestly, like mm-hmm. they take what we give them as law. So if I tell you that Brussels sprouts are disgusting from the time you are a toddler and can say the word Brussels sprouts, um, the words Brussels sprouts, if I say these Brussels sprouts are disgusting, right? And I, I may have never tasted them. You may have never tasted them. But if I'm constantly saying Brussels sprouts are disgusting, then you have now you now have this thought in your head or this idea around Brussels sprouts that they're disgusting, right? And you've never even tasted them. So, like, both of you are are really teaching me right now. And y'all don't think y'all understand how much y'all are teaching me. But, and it's stuff that I think I already knew. But y'all are just confirming because, um, when, as parents, we can be so messed up that we don't even see how we're harming our own kids. Like, and that's that's something that I have to constantly like unlearn and relearn unlearn and relearn it's like this journey that i swear i'm gonna be on for the rest of my life because i have to deal with all of the trauma and and childhood issues that i never dealt with while also raising kids so yeah y'all are really teaching me tonight and i appreciate this and i again i am procrastinating because i'm not sure um, about the timeline with my own father. Like I, I, like I said, I have a, a couple of memories, right? I can remember one time going to spend a night with my dad and I remember my grandmother picking me up and she took me to his house and for whatever the reason, I was terrified of him and he had never done anything to me physically. And I don't think he ever did anything to harm me at all, but I just remember this fear of something. I did, I did I mean I just wasn't comfortable with him and I remember his girlfriend was at work and I really liked her. I was drawn to her. And so at like I said he committed suicide when I was 6. So I remember I had to be like 5. I was still really young, but I remember she was at work. She got off at like midnight or something. And so I was going to sit up on the couch until she got there. And um I think he had asked me before, like, you, you want to go to bed? Are you getting tired? And I was just like, no, I'm not. I'm not tired. I'm fine. I'm, I'm going to sit down here and watch TV. Well, I must have fell asleep. And he came down and he woke me up and he was like, um, come on, let's go get in the bed. And I was like, I'm not tired. Um, can I have some water? I asked for some water because I wanted to wake up 
at five, right? I'm, I'm trying to wake myself up. And I was so sleepy. I remember him put, giving me water. He would put water in the glass and he gave me the glass. I was so tired. I let the glass slip through my hands and the glass fell into the floor and it broke. And I remember sobbing, like crying hysterically to the point where he had to call my mom and, and was like, please tell her she's not in trouble. Um, she won't stop crying and she did she was like you're fine it's fine you don't you're not in trouble you're not gonna get in trouble for breaking the glass and I just remember like him saying it's fine just you can you're tired go to bed and I got I remember going up the steps and I sat at the top step and fell asleep until his girlfriend came home and put me in the bed don't know why I was terrified but I was something about him I just wasn't comfortable with so that's like one of the two memories that I have of him. The second memory that I have of him, I, I just remember like him him visiting me when we lived in uh one of the apartment complexes here locally. He visited us at, at our apartment and like very vague. I I couldn't even tell you I don't know if he walked up today if I could recognize his face because those are the few memories that I have of him. So there is no timeline, right? There is no timeline. I remember a couple of things, a couple of times interacting with him. I remember that I have a picture of him as a football player in like middle school and that's it. So, um, there's no timeline. I have no timeline to, to speak on. And I don't, I, I know that that affected me in a lot of ways. So I think it has affected me in so many ways that I probably don't even know all the ways that it has affected me. Because I, I think I'm still trying to walk through it. And, and until something happens where I can be like, ooh, that that is directly because I didn't have a father figure or relationship. That's why I responded like that. So, yeah, yeah. So, you know, continuing on with this conversation. Um, what? Let's talk about what affects... Having your father present or absent has had on your mental and emotional state or well-being, right? Like y'all are both teenagers. You're 14, right? And you're 15. Um, what has, like, again, Solomon has mentioned that he has a really good relationship with his father. Tariah, not so much at this stage. Um, and I'm just wondering what has having your father or not having your father or a little bit of both how has that affected your your mental, emotional state of mind? And I, we can start with Solomon because we started with you first or last time. I mean, like, I think I felt I had to be perfect for him at mm -hmm. first. Because, like, you know, I was really smart and I felt like whatever he told me that I needed to do, that I had to do it right then and there and if I didn't I was going to get in trouble and I had this constant fear of like getting in trouble that's the one thing I did not want to do was get in trouble and and was that something he said was it like if you don't do this or was that something you just that, that was an expectation you put on yourself yeah that's what it was it's like because I guess being academically gifted you're especially black like a lot of black people they don't get a lot of academic um opportunities mm, opportunities yep, period yeah they don't have a lot of them so as long if you have that talent you should automatically jump on it and so i was automatically put into that box at an early age academically gifted yeah yeah i was automatically put in that at an early age so i felt like i have to be perfect do this do that 
and stay on P's and Q's and all that good stuff. It's like, and so I had to learn how to speak up and like tell him how I was actually feeling because that was one of my problems. Like, I didn't know, like, kind of like with you, I was kind of like scared. Yeah. There like, was like no reason for me to be scared, like, and voice my opinions because. I didn't know what was going to happen. Like, right. I didn't want to disappoint him. Oh, yeah. And I think we put that on our kids unintentionally, right? We don't put... I don't know that we intentionally put that pressure on our kids. I think we see something and we're like, yes, I see that in you. And sometimes it is like we see something in you that we didn't see in ourselves. Or um, I know a lot of times we, we want to live through our kids. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of times we want to... There are things that we didn't get to accomplish and we see it in our kids and we're like, ooh, I see it. I want to push you to do that because I missed that opportunity. So, yeah, it's it gets, it, oh, my goodness, yeah. So, you you felt, what, what I'm hearing you say is, like, you felt this, like, need to be perfect, need to be, like, make sure that you made him proud of you, even if that wasn't what he said, right? Mm-hmm. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. And so... How how has that translated to you with your mental and emotional health like today as a fourteen year old male, like black now, male? Like now, I like I try to do things like consistently and in a perfect way. Like I don't, I like things to be like I have if I have a schedule or I have my mindset on doing something and that gets messed up, I'm totally discombobulated. And if not something's not set in set order, I get really. I don't know how to describe it. Like, just messed up. Yeah. And, like, that's just how I am now. And I'm trying to get better at that and, like, go with the flow of things. Because mm, yeah. nothing's perfect, right? Right, yeah. And you don't have to have that pressure on yourself. Um, But, again, we create these expectations. And we don't even realize we create these expectations. And it, it, it stresses kids out. Like, it really stresses kids out. And I'm just like, how do we think we're doing something good right like so i remember trying to make to like i remember having the dream that Tari will be an attorney and i did i pushed that on you didn't i, I did i pushed it on you and i remember one time Tariah saying to me like i don't even want to be an attorney i want to be a veterinarian and i was like yes you do want to be an attorney and then i had to realize like nope that wasn't her dream at first like that was my dream for her. And I was like, wow, I think now, I mean, are you, how are you feeling about being an attorney now? Like, definitely. Um, I felt like I told my mom this all the time, you know, me and my mom were in a, in an awkward space then. And, uh, we, I said kind of what was on my mind because it was like I felt like I was living my mom's dream mm-hmm. and, and you, you know, weren't wrong you weren't yeah, wrong I felt like I was living her dream and eventually I grew into this mindset of I actually do want to be an attorney not because of I wanted my mom to feel better and it was a lie what I said because it wasn't a lie at the time I was feeling trapped in this kind of world of her dream instead mm-hmm. of what Tariah wants to do and but, like, eventually I was like, yeah, I want to, this is what I want to pursue. And then, you know, got my studies and got myself going for it. And and hearing Solomon say, like, that kind of pressure, we don't even know what kind that kind of pressure does. And, like, thinking about Solomon as a black young male, right? 
because let's be honest, like this society also has not made it easy for black males to express emotion. At least with Taraya, she could be emotional and it's normal, right? She could get mad and sad and upset and cry and all because that's that's what she's supposed to do. She's a female. But as a male, like dealing with this pressure on the inside of like, I don't want to let him down. I want to be the best that I can be. But also feeling like you're internalizing somebody else's wants for you. And like, I don't know, how 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 are you able to express that emotional labor? I mean, like, because I would just, ooh, I would just do it through my work. Like, I would just constantly hit my books and all that stuff. And sometimes I wasn't, like, when I transitioned to schools, that's when, like, it really hit me. Like... Mm. I'm not as good out as I thought I was. Like, I was getting straight A's and, like, from kindergarten to third, fourth grade. And then I came to this school and I'm like, this is not what I thought it was going to be. I thought I was going to be. This is different. Yeah. yeah. I thought it was going to be A's and everything. It, it was not like that. And I that hit me hard. Yeah. And I thought, like, I was going to die, <laughs> honestly. Like, it was just very stressful. Like, the first year I got to my new school, it was very stressful. And did you ever have the, um, like, epiphany of, like, this is, I'm putting all this pressure on myself and I don't need to, right? Yeah, I, I came to that realization that basically, like, I shouldn't, I shouldn't be having all this. I'm too young for this. I'm, right. I, I, can't, I can't do this at, like, an early age. I'm not even in high school yet. And I'm already, no, I, I have to stop doing that. And we had a conversation about it. Yeah, that's what stuff. I was going to ask. Like, were you able to like verbally have a conversation with your dad about just the, the expectations that maybe he hasn't even put on you verbally, but that you felt were put on you and how it was like showing up for you with like around stress and just not feeling like you were good enough because hearing you say like you thought, well, maybe I'm not as good as I thought or as smart as I thought like that. It's like what nobody should ever come to that conclusion. But when you do have these expectations put on you even if it's unintentional you you can feel like maybe i'm not as smart as i thought or maybe i'm not as equipped for this as i thought right when in actuality like you are smart you yeah. are intelligent um and your intelligence can't even be measured by a book in a school you know so were you ever able to emotion excuse me physically verbally express like this is this is stressful for me. Yeah, we were able to talk it out, and he started to like to ask me, "What do I want to do?" Like, oh, I like that. To make sure, like, am I comfortable with it? Is this what I actually want to do now? Because, yeah, and I like we started actually talking about it instead, like, of telling, like it was like a conversation instead oh, of like okay. a dictation, you know? So yeah, conversation instead of dictation. I like that. I I mean because. As parents, we can be dictators. And and I do think it comes from a good place, right? We we really do want what's best for our children. Um, and we think we know what that is. And it's like, no, not really. Like I know what I'm good at. I know what I, I know what I'm passionate about. I think children know better what they're passionate about than adults do, right? Because y'all don't have the complication of like bills and stress. You you can create in your mind because your mind literally is just creating. You don't have the stress of bills or a job or relationships. You're just literally creating in your mind. And I think that 
you really do know what you want to do. Like when you get older and you get to a place where you got to pay bills, it more it's more about like I, I'm doing what I got to do to make it work versus I'm doing what I love. I'm doing what I'm passionate about. And it's you show up differently. And so that's really good. Uh, I want to kind of go off script a little bit because I'm excited to have a black male in this conversation, a young black male, because I think a lot about like emotions and how that turn, how that shows up for young black men, as I mentioned, like Taraya as a, like I have three girls, three girls, one boy. And I know that for girls, it's normal for them to be emotional. Like we expect that. Mm -hmm. But for, for young men, it's this thing where it's like they aren't supposed to be emotional or crying or anything. And so I'm interested in, in like, what's your take on that? Like as a young black male, how, how do young black men, from your perspective, because I know black young black men or black men aren't monoliths, right? Y'all are all different. You're all individuals and you, you have the right to be that. But if you could sum it up from your perspective, um, where does that emotion go, right? Because you are, you're emotional, right? You, you feel, felt right. love, right? You yeah. felt happiness. You mm-hmm. felt sadness. You felt fear. I'm, I'm assuming, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. You felt all the emotions, um, have you felt like you could openly express those emotions and, and where, like, what did the role you and your father had the relationship? What did that play in you feeling like you could or couldn't express those emotions at first and jump into right? Like, feel free to talk with us. Like at first I didn't feel like I could because you know, like when my birth mom put in like the fault, like the false narrative mm-hmm. on him, I didn't know how to open up to him because I had this false narrative of him. So I didn't know how to talk to him. So I really didn't have it. Like, with Ma, I, I didn't know how to talk to her because I'm, I'm just not me and her. Like, right. I don't really know her. We don't have, like, a real relationship like that. So, I honestly didn't know how to talk to anybody. So, I really started opening up when we moved. Like, mm-hmm. it took me a very long time in order for me to actually open up about my feelings. And a lot of people, like, your stereotypical, like, black young man, you have to be buff, gay man, packs, um, right. sagging. Yep. Do rag, all that other stuff. You can't show emotion. If you show emotion, that means like you're gay or something. Or you're weak. Yeah. Or, or something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, but that's not the truth. If you if you're not able to show your emotions, then are you really the strong person or are you just right. weak minded or something? It's like Or you, where does it go? Because right. it's not like it goes away. Right. It's <laughs> gonna it's gonna bottle up inside, it's gonna lash out, and then they wonder why there's all these the cops and the black people against each other because they're they don't know where to put the emotion. That's right. At. That's right. So it's just like bottled, like you say, it's bottled up, and 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 it's like, ooh, what what a black boy supposed to do with emotion? Right. Like I just yeah, and I I remember having a conversation with Sayer, um, and asking him like when he started getting older, like preteen, and asking him to talk to me about his feelings, and he told he said something to me that to this day like hurts my soul. He said, you told me that I had to be tough and not show emotions. And now you want me to show emotions. And it broke my heart. Cause I was like, Ooh, I did. I did. And now I'm asking you to show emotion. Like I silenced it in him. And then I wanted him to open up. Mm-hmm. That's not how it works. I guess. I mean, what, what, what are your thoughts? I don't know. What are your thoughts? I definitely feel like um, 
if I'm being like personal, I feel like the bottled up emotions played a role in my dad's Ooh, yeah. uh, in our relationship. Maybe in his dad's and his kids, because I wasn't his um, first child. But from my experience, I do know that all those bottled up emotions go out into um, verbal abuse, emotional abuse, physical abuse. All those were like his vents to his emotions. So like instead of going and talking to somebody, he takes it out and cussing somebody out or disrespect or hitting someone or putting his hands on someone or fighting or whatever the case is. But it was always negative. So it was like... That negative energy was like a, you know, like a ping pong ball. Yeah, like, like you came never back seen and, him express his, mo- yeah, his emotions in a good way. It was more like uh, he was in a room and he was screaming. And trying to release those screams, the screams bounced right back and got, you know, right back in him. And it was just like it, this continuing cycle of screaming and getting it back. Screaming and getting it back. It's never screaming. And it releasing and it releases and it's like a breath of fresh air it was always toxicity going in and out and recycling recycling his anger oh wow you know seeds having seeds like having kids you when you recycle that that toxic you know energy or that toxic breathing you pass that on by Mm. what you do and how you vent it so now your kids like Sayer is now starting to his toxic cycle cycle is starting to start Mm. up so when you know like he was right you know when you tell him you got to be a man and you got to do this it's good that you figured out a point and would stop because if you didn't he was going to grow up thinking that he always has to be a man he can't cry he hurt something he can't cry he's hurting he can't cry he feels some type of way. He can't express it. Mm. He has to get mad. He has to get angry. And then it's going to go into his generations and so on and so forth. So having, you know, males express themselves at a young age is a good thing. I think it helps definitely with child development. Um, If a child can be like, you know, I felt this type of way because my sister or my teacher or you did this. And, you know, you may not have to respond the way they want you to respond, but at least they know that you hear them. Mm. That's deep. That's deep because I, as I'm sitting here, right, listening to you as your mom, I'm thinking like, I don't even know where it switches, right? Because mm-hmm. as babies, I remember Sayer being a baby and he could cry to me and like he could run to me as a two year old and have hurt himself and I'm going to like hug him and soothe him and kiss his knee. But I don't know when it stopped. I don't know at what age where I was like, boy, stop crying. You sh- you can't cry. You you got to be tough. I don't even remember when the transition happens, which is why I know that stuff like that is subconscious. But like you said, that doesn't make it any less harmful. Just because we don't realize it doesn't make it any less com- harmful. So let me ask both of you another question and, and we'll kind of wrap this up uh, because this is a deep conversation that we could talk about all, all night um and and we will continue this conversation and have Sayer be a part of the next conversation cuz I'd love to hear his perspective but sort of wrapping this up um I'd like to know if you all have ever seen and I think Tariah might have answered this so I'm going to ask her it in a different way but Solomon can you recall seeing your father display emotions in a healthy way 
and be that like role model to be like, oh, it's okay for guys to cry, right? Because I see my dad doing it. Or it's okay for guys to be extremely happy and excited because I can see like, like, did you have that in your father? And if you didn't, or if you sort of did, how did you come to the conclusion that, no, it's normal for me to feel emotion and it's okay for me to express that emotion. As a matter of fact, it's probably better for me to express it because if I keep it bottled up, where does it go? Like what I'm interested to hear what you say about that. I mean, mostly like if people are supposed to show emotion, I think it'll be mainly in like, like their marriage. I don't in marriage. Yeah. Think? In marriage. Like if like he would get angry, I mean, but at the same time he was able to talk, it's Ma about it. Like, yeah, okay. That's where I was able to, like, get my my ability to actually talk about it. Because I didn't know I was allowed to talk about my feelings. So, when I saw him doing it, I'm like, oh, I should be able to open up and talk about my feelings as well. If I'm feeling some type of way about something, I right. should be able to talk right. about it. So, so, you saw anger, but you also saw the side of the anger where it's like, I'm angry, but I can talk through this. Right, yeah. Did you ever see, like giddiness and when I say giddiness you know like how women can get super excited about yeah. something where it's just like oh my god this you know we get we get dramatically excited yeah. like I'm, like did you ever see that in your father or any other male where it's like oh men do get excited or yeah. like tears where it's like I'm just extremely sad because we see that out Tariah seen me sob and and literally just like do you want to hug that is her way of like comforting me and I love it um but, like, I'm saying that because it's normal. It's normal for us to see women sob, our mothers sob, um, or be extremely giddy, or be frustrated. But, like, did were those other emotions present, or was it just like, I did see anger, because that's what's normalized in society. Men can be angry. That's mm-hmm. one thing men can be, is angry. And society ex- accepts that. Um, but also, you also seen him, like, He's angry, but he can problem solve, which right. is great um, because not all men can do that either. So that's a good thing. I'm wondering, like, did you ever see the giddiness? Did you ever see the, like, I'm just sad, so that's why I'm crying? Yeah, that I did. Yeah, I saw um, some of the crying moments, like the extreme sad moments. And I saw, like, the very happy moments, like the really giddy moments. And um, all that. And I, yeah, and I saw that, I'm like, yeah, I should be able like to do that to too. do all of those things. Yeah, Good. open about it. Yeah. So, you, would you say that your what you've experienced with your dad in your relationship as a you, you know father and son? Would you say you've seen a good balance of emotion, or somewhere in between? Like, what? How would you sum up? Like, is he is? Do you think you've been able to see a good balance of him expressing all emotion, and you feel like? It's been a good role model. Yeah, I feel like, I mean, you mean, I mean, like, everybody's going to get mad. Yeah. Now, oh, yeah. Anger is, like I said, society allows men to be angry. Yeah. That's the one thing we know, that men can get angry. Like, the, the media has shown us that. Incredible yeah. Hulk. Right? right. <laughs> Everybody, and people, men can get angry. They're okay with that. But society is not okay with men being really gushy and mushy and huggy and lovey. They, they're like, that's soft, right? Like right, it's, right. If you just gushy and lovey and huggy, you're just soft. And it's just like, no, maybe I just feel gushy and huggy and lovey. And right. that's okay. Right. So that's what I mean. Like, have you seen that other part where 
you feel like, oh, this is okay. Yeah. I can see this in a male. Yeah, I've seen that a lot. And also, like, mom was, a, like, a big helper because sometimes I would talk with her, too, about because, like, if I felt like I couldn't talk to him, I would talk to her. I, like, it took me a while to open up to her, too. Mm-hmm. And, like, if I felt like I, didn't talk, I couldn't talk to him, I would talk to her first. And we would talk about emotions, all that good stuff. And, yeah, and if, like, I guess if you say, like, if she gave the okay, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> on it, like, oh, okay, then I'm able to show my emotions. All right, that right. Since he's doing it, like, I'm good then. Yeah. And I could be disgusted and all that good stuff. Oh, that's good. I mean, and and that sounds like the normal, the 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 norm, right? Because we do look to women when, when well, I think by default, we look to women, uh, like, I, I am feeling like this. Is it okay for me to feel like this? Because again, women naturally are supposed to be highly emotional, right? Um, men, not so much. So I'm glad you were able to find that balance. And at some point we're able to go directly to your dad and be like, I, you know, I see that you do have this emotion. And so now I feel like it's normal. So I, I'm thankful that you had that, that experience with your dad, um, because it's few and far between. It really yeah. is. Um, not enough black boys see emotion. And and that's very telling in how many black boys don't live past 18. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, 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 it's heartbreaking. It really is. Um, what about you, Taraya? Have you ever seen... And I know you answered this a little bit. Um, and so, I like, you can talk about if you ever seen a fully well-balanced male figure who could express all emotions because i know you said like your what you've seen with your dad was like anger yeah um yeah for me i don't really think i've seen that completely yet um maybe with more with my boyfriend than anybody uh we can be a very intimate like people together but then again at the end of the day if he's feeling some type of way he was able to respectfully convey you know i felt this type of way you know and i didn't appreciate this about this situation not even you know only with me only with other things he'll be like i was upset i was sad can we talk about it or can we not talk about it or i'm not in the state to talk about it. i've never oh, wow. seen wow and your boyfriend's a a black yeah he's boy. black yeah you know and his uh father was his their relationship was fuzzy but they were able to you know get the wheels rolling and obviously get back on track so your show. boyfriend can tell you when you're sad he's told you when he was sad yes wow and but it's crazy because it was shocking because with my father it was more like I'm angry. I'm going to get angry. And instead of, you know, conveying those feelings is excuses. Mm-hmm. Is I'm angry because of this. Instead of, I was angry and this is how I was feeling. Mm-hmm. It's always, I'm because, instead of, I was. And it's like all this, you know, commotion when it comes to uh, trying to feel the the love between me and my father i knew my father loved me but it was like do i really feel it 
And I didn't, and I couldn't, yeah, like I couldn't see that with any, anybody, Mm. my mother, my brother, my sister, like none of that, not even his mom, not even his sister. You didn't see him love those people. Yeah, I didn't see him love those people. So it's just like, how can I expect him to love me? Me, if you're not seeing love. And even as his seed, I had to think about that at a young age. And it it was, yeah, it was hard. Mm. Yeah, it is. It's really hard. And, and thinking about, like, I, I find that I'm empathetic in both situations because I, I think about the fact that men do show up more, more, more often than not with the emotion that turns into, like, it, 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 it comes out as anger, no matter what the emotion is. I don't know. I, it was one of Toby's songs where, uh, uh, headshots, I think it was, where um, the guy who sings Black Excellence um, or raps Black Ex- Excellence, where he was like, We have to, uh, we can't show people that we're sad, so we wear it as anger. He's like, It's anger, but we're actually sad because our friends are dying, but we have to just show up and be angry when it's really sad. Like, I really want to cry, but I can't cry, so I just got to be angry. Like, I got to show that I'm angry because we can't show any other emotion. And so just thinking about the fact that, like, fear for men comes out as anger. Mm-hmm. Um, sadness, anger. Um, love, it's like I can't show you that I'm, like, super giddy and and happy and so it's just yeah that's that's quite interesting but as we close i want to ask y'all one final question around um just like closing this up and how we've talked about like the idea of daddy issues and the stigmas and stereotypes um as we close what do you each define as love like if you could define love, if you could define what that feels like, because I'm I'm really hopeful and I'm really I'm really happy that Tariah's boyfriend at what sixty seventeen is somebody he's a black male and he's like I'm sad, I'm I'm upset, I'm happy. He can express those emotions like kudos to his mother because like yes, mm-hmm. teach him how to talk about his emotion his emotions. But if you had to define love, right, whatever that looks like, how do you define love? What does love look like it does and and you don't have to make it an intimate relationship it could be any relationship ever how do you know somebody loves you um a two-way street a I two-way mean, street because you can love somebody but they but if they don't love you back is that really love or is that that's toxic that's, that's toxic right that's right. not okay that's draining yes that's Oof. not okay that's you shouldn't be in that type of relationship if you know that's in the type of relationship that you in then you're weak-minded. I'm sorry, that's harsh, but that's it is what it is. But like, you have to be able to know your self-worth. If that person doesn't love you, and you see that, you got to be able to. Like, there's different type of circumstances. There's pe- there are people who be in a relationship, and I don't know everybody's like status in their relationship, so they can be the for reasons why they're still in a relationship. They probably don't love that person anymore, but they're probably doing it for the kids or they don't have anywhere else to go. Mm, yeah. A lot of times relationships are based off of deficiencies. Yeah. Lots of relationships are based off of deficiencies because, again, that's that trauma. Trauma makes it to where I have things that are missing, that are void, and I look for other people to pull those puzzle pieces from. Mm-hmm. And so if I have to pull a puzzle piece from you just to feel me, 
that means there's a void and I'm okay with taking from you, like depleting you just to fill my space. That is a toxic relationship. And woo, we can talk about that forever. That's a whole nother subject. But in your words, if you knew for sure somebody loved you, mom, dad, sibling, uh, grandmother, partner, whoever it is, if you know for sure they love you, how would you define it? If, if I said, Solomon, does this person love you? And you say, yes, I'm certain this person loves me. And I said, why? How do you know that this person loves you? What would you define that as? What's the feeling? What is the, what are the words? How do you know for sure that it's love? I could tell by like the intimacy and like the conversations that we have, like, like be able to talk, like converse our feelings with each other and be able to respect each other's feelings mm. and be able to get our partner across without yelling at each other. I mean, I mean, if you got to yell, but don't be disrespectful about it. Right. But like be able to express your feelings to one another and be intimate and like show that you really care and so yeah. just like being present, yeah. like really being present. Okay, I, I can I can dig that. I can. What about you, Tariah? If if you said I know that this person loves me, doesn't matter who it was, intimate or not, um, boyfriend, friend, uh, colleague, cousin, whoever. If I said, does this person love you, Tariah? And you were like, I'm certain this person loves me. And I say, how are you certain? What makes you sure that this is this person loves you? What's your answer to that? Um, well, I do know that, you know, my boyfriend loves me. My mom loves me. My family, they obviously have love for me. But I'm going to go with myself. Mm. I feel like to be loved, be loved and receive that love, you got to love yourself first. Mm. So by taking all those toxic things out of my life, specifically my dad, um, I know that I love myself because I put myself before the future. I risked it all because I needed mental health. I needed to know that I was going to have the men mental health to go on and stop letting that dog come in and ruin my carpet. Because I know that by letting that mud get on my carpet, my mental health is going lower and lower and lower. So for me... I feel like for somebody to love anything or if I was to be like, you know, my mom loves me because of this or I love myself because of this, um, I would have to say if I am or they are able to, you know, look at me and be like, that is a person. So no matter what, that is a person and that person des deserves mm -hmm. love and um, I'm going to give it to them. So I feel like, you know, obviously, like Solomon said, communication um, being able to communicate feelings and not just bottling them up and taking them out on that person, but sharing them with that person so that together you can overcome those issues. So that's, that's love. Yeah. And, and that's good. That's so good because I heard you say like real love. I know it's real love when I can prioritize and I can see the love that I have for myself reflected. That's, that's important. That's important. And so, um, to wrap us up, I guess the way that I know that it is real love, um, in any situation, like it doesn't matter the relationship or the person I have the relationship with. I think the way that I would define real love is when a person or when I can tell that, um, I don't have to deplete myself 
to be with uh, the person, right? I can be me. I can show up full and I don't have to give anything away to be loved. That's how I would define love. So we're almost at an hour and we're going to close here. I really appreciate this conversation. Yeah. I know that we will continue it. Um, but that's been the show. You want to close us out? Y'all want to close us out? All right. Bye, guys. Bye.